Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tiger Woods podcast episode 48. I think I said 48 last week. My apologies. Math is hard. This week, episode 48, this is the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. We are your Tiger Woods experts. Cam Rogers coming at you alongside Bridget Whalen. Spat off about the show. Leave a review. We certainly appreciate your feedback. Follow us on social media. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Rogers99 and on Instagram at Mr. Rogers98. Follow Bridget on Twitter and the gram at Bridget K. Whalen. Here's what's on tap plenty of Tiger Woods discussion. We debrief the Memorial Tournament. Tiger Woods got all four rounds in, barely. We have our takeaways. Plus, will Tiger Woods tee it up at the FedEx St. Jude Invitational next week in Memphis? Very much up in the air. Stay tuned. And then, of course, the 3M Open this week in Minneapolis. Bridget and I have our picks and a full preview for this week's tournament let's get into it tiger woods at the memorial finishing t40 with a sunday 76 and let me just say off the bat here that watching these types of tournaments the slug it out grind it out type of events really tend to be a breath of fresh air because it's nice to see the pro struggle a little bit just like me playing on the golf course so it was a really intriguing tournament Bridget especially because of the wind and the rain and the lightning and people just throwing up plus fives all over the place DJ with a couple of 80s it was pretty wild what were your impressions overall of the memorial tournament because it played like a major championship really yeah I think Tiger specifically he uh he didn't just have that five month layoff to worry about he really did have to deal with the playing conditions that like I agree they were equivalent to major championship those last two days so that was insane the the greens from a tv perspective they looked brown (laughs) I was like yeah I was like oh geez and then when it started to rain it like the telecast you know the broadcaster said the rain was literally bouncing off of the green and I mean it's so true it 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 looked incredibly tough incredibly tough and I think that Tiger had mentioned that the biggest flaw in his game that he noticed you know this past week was putting and I think that um uh, it was I was glad to see that he got to get four rounds in. That was my my overall arching opinion of of this past week, this tournament was thank gosh Tiger made the cut. I mean, yeah. I just wanted to see the guy in red on Sunday. And it it really did bring um a little smile to my face when he he snuck in there. <laughs> so Friday. it's always great to see him in red, no doubt about it. But when he throws on the teal or the pink, or the apple <laughs> He texted green. me this. I was drooling. Like, oh my God, he looks so good. And then the white shoes, the white hat. Oh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I was looking at the Nike catalog yesterday, just seeing what's good. And I couldn't find the teal shirt, but uh, don't you worry, Tiger Nation. I will be finding that shirt at some point. He looks so dang good. 
He uh, looks so clean all the time. Even when he's profusely sweating, he looks so clean. I don't, I really don't understand. I'm a runner. And when I get back from a run, I look abysmal. I look disgusting. And these guys are out there in, I mean, it felt, people were saying it felt like a hundred out in Ohio. Yeah. And they, I mean, he looked he looked great. <laughs> He's yeah, I, literally showering in sweat and he looks better than I do when I get, come out of the shower. <laughs> I can level with him in the uh, sweat factory, no doubt about it. I was like dripping last Sunday playing in 100 degrees. It was uh, a sight to see or not really. But in terms of Tiger's performance on the golf course, I drilled in a little bit more looking past the T40 and whatever. And then I found out that the guy, you know, was still dialed in with his irons despite the layoff. He was sixth in the entire field in strokes gained approach, also top 10 in proximity to the hole, which tells me, okay, there's no problem there with the mid-range game. The driving will have its ups and downs, but obviously, right. Bridget, you mentioned it, the putting. I think that's what it's going to come down to, and that comes down to more repetitions on the golf courses on the PGA Tour relative to, you know, medalists, right? So – it's going to take some time there. And then just a reminder to everybody, before last year's Masters, Tiger wasn't like lighting it up. T15, T10, T30 in his stroke play events leading up to that Masters, which of course he won. So, you know, sometimes previous finishes in the short term aren't indicative of what's going to happen that next week. Ergo, Dustin Johnson. Is he going to fire <laughs> a couple of 80s this week, Bridget? Probably not. In fact, he'll probably finish yeah. in the top 20. So, Agree. And I, like Tiger said, it's probably the quickest he's seen Memorial in a while. So he yeah. said, you know, we haven't seen conditions this quick and he knows that that's how Jack loves it. So I think coming back to a course that difficult, like keep in mind, like it's, that's tough, tough conditions to sort of start your first week back on. And yeah, he's Tiger Woods, but you know, we all have to accept that the guy is aging and, and he's not who he used to be. I think that I read an article where um, the author was sort of proclaiming that fans of Tiger sort of live in like an alternate reality, like a, almost like a fantasy land where just because he's Tiger Woods, we think he's going to perform at the highest level at all times because, you know, that's the precedent he set. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Like, we can't think that he's going to come out and just like, you know, light it up all the time. But he gives us that little twinge of hope. And especially after winning the Masters a year ago, like we still always hold on to that. So I accept that the, the conditions were so tough this week and that he had a, you know, a really difficult time, obviously. Um, but I also accept that it was just his first week back and that, you know, we got to give him a little leniency. And he did make the cut. You saw how many people who you expected to make the cut, cough, cough, Bryson DeChambeau, whatever that was on the 15th hole that like Sad. ruined my week. Ugh. But like, so just keep in mind, like Tiger did make the cut, everybody. And I think like you said, this was, you know, this isn't going to be indicative moving forward. I think that we're going to see him again soon. And I don't know. <laughs> I think he'll be better. Well, you know, it's interesting because – Everybody might jump on Tiger for the T40 finish and barely making the cut, by the way. Thank you, Bryson, for allowing Brooksy and Xander and Tiger to make it for my fantasy golf team. That was great. Appreciate that, uh, Bryson. Uh, I kind of like you better now, actually, the more I talk about you. <laughs>
Um, but, you know, you look at Tiger's comments from the past week, Bridget, we couldn't get through an event without him actually talking about his stiffness. And right. he did mention it a little bit in the early part of the event. What did you make of that? And I think it almost is a positive that he's open about it. He's at peace with his body. He understands that not every week is going to be a top five finish. But I will give him this. Every single tournament that he tees it up in, at least in the short term, uh, he's got a chance to win. But he also has a chance to barely make the cut and finish, you know, in last. And that's just the way it is, right? Yeah, I mean, he said it himself when he was asked if his stamina is the same, you know, as it, as it used to be. And, like, of course not. It, it, whose stamina is the same? He's aging. I think him accepting that reality and saying it's a little more difficult and that day-to-day -day, we basically now understand Tiger does not know how he's going to wake up feeling. I think we have definitely have received glimpses of that in the past where he's sort of – kind of said somewhat of, of that before, but I think just coming out there and saying like, yeah, I woke up and, and I knew I didn't feel well and I knew it wasn't going to be a good day. Um, I'm referencing Friday. Mm -hmm. I think that by him saying that, it sort of makes that optimistic, like hope kind of ignite in you. Like I, I really don't think that this appearance was was that disappointing in my opinion. I honestly felt really good about it and I think that if you dig a little deeper like obviously getting those four rounds in I think is the win for him and also he's never missed a cut at, at Memorial at Mirrorfield so like I was really happy that that continued I don't want any of his like streaks or things to like falter just yet I'm like I like I've said it before I'm a chronophobic like if we could just keep those like things that he has like going like kind of on a string if we could just keep those up I'm good so him making the cut was a total win for me and I think he's he's playing the game smart now and I don't know and I hate saying this because again I'm not like a legit analyst but I don't know if he was playing the game smart back when he was swinging so violently nor do I think that you would have you know, the inkling to, to want to play the game smart, I think you would want to monopolize on everything that you can, obviously, and yep. which he did. I know that Brandel Chambly has been open in saying that he thinks that, you know, Tiger didn't sort of get to every, he didn't reach everything that he possibly could have grasped in his career. And I somewhat agree with that, but I also agree with that he did do a lot at the time with um with what he had and now i really think that he's playing this game smartly and wisely and i think that he's doing so to increase longevity because he knows now the body that he has to work with is sort of susceptible to these ups and downs that that are almost as violent as his swing used to be like imagine waking up and not knowing if you could get out of bed or not, that's where Tiger was at yeah. one point. Like he said to himself, playing soccer with his kids was like difficult. <laughs> and like, and that's not swinging. That's like going out and kicking a ball. I'm again, I'm not like comparing soccer to golf or anything. Just saying that like the, the guy couldn't walk. So I take him being able to walk 18 holes, four days in a row. Like, that's a lot. He's not walking at medalists. No way. He's in the cart. So, like, the fact that he was able to walk all four rounds, he got that in. He got those reps in, I think is really good. And I think that maybe a little bit of the fatigue and the back stiffness on Friday 
was most likely due to walking those 18 holes and playing a competitive round. Like it has to be, it's, it's like anything else. I think, I mean, I know your spine isn't a muscle, but I think that the more lubricated things are, the easier it gets. So I think that him getting those four rounds in and then him sort of hinting at that we're going to see him again soon is really good because I think right now the warmer he is, like the more he gets in, I think the more progression in his game we're going to see. You know, I think the perfect formula for Tiger's schedule would be to play a couple of events leading up to a major, then have that layoff, play a couple of events leading up to that major, have another layoff, you know, and then go with that pattern so that he's warm when he arrives at a TPC Harding Park at an Augusta National, something along those lines. And then there are some other things that we just don't really think about. I mean, Tiger traveled to Muirfield Village, slept on a bed that he probably wasn't really comfortable with, possibly, you know, certainly not the same bed that he sleeps in at home, right? So those little things we don't think about that are really important to one's back, right? Especially one that has been surgically repaired on many times, that may have an effect on his game. This guy has to get up five hours ahead of his morning tea time to prepare himself for that tea time. So you wonder why the guy has such a condensed schedule now because he doesn't want to do this every single week on the PGA Tour. So you can totally understand that. Going back to Brandel, by the way, Bridget, it was funny. I was on 92.9, 92.3, the fan in Cleveland, and they asked me about that comment that Brandel made about Tiger Woods, you know, not living up to his talent or whatever he said. And right. Brandel, I hope you're listening. I was very diplomatic in my response. I said that, you know what? He's probably right. But at the same time, I personally would not have made that comment. And I said I personally because I'm not as educated as Brandon. So that's how I went about it, buddy, if you're listening. <laughs> and like like you said, Tiger really did hit some magnificent short iron and wedge shots this week. And I think like we, we might need to focus on that just a little bit more as opposed to where he wound up in the, you know, on the leaderboard. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing about golf, too. It's like... You can finish T40, T30, T70, and then win the next week. And everybody's like, where did that come from? Well, if you dig deep inside those finishes, what was trending in that right direction? Was the approach game there and the off the tee game there? And maybe that coupled up with a good golf course that next week for that certain skill sets. You know, it was one of those things. So golf has that aspect of, you know, don't necessarily fall into that trap of, where you finish one week means where you're going to finish the next week. So with Tiger Woods, I mean, look, all bets are off. The guy can tee it up and win anywhere, even sure. still at 44 years old. So uh, we'll talk about Bridget, where he will play next. He used the word soon. You're absolutely right. There's only one <laughs> tournament left before the PGA Championship. <laughs> so we will get there in a matter of moments about the FedEx St. Jude Invitational. A couple of other news items out of this week. Bridget, Jack Nicholas reveals... He did contract the coronavirus and had COVID-19. Fun fact, by the way, you contract coronavirus, and then what you get is COVID-19. They are two different things. You have the virus, and then the actual, like, disease is COVID-19. So for you English majors out there that are writing tweets about, you know, coronavirus and COVID-19, those are the differences there. So fun fact. 
Uh, but Nicholas had it, and look, he's still kicking. He was sharp. He was great on the broadcast. So, you know, a really good story there to see that uh, Jack is still all well and good. The guy was on the broadcast for a while last week. He was, and, and I loved it. I just have to add one more thing about Tiger, because this is the Tiger pod. Jason Day looked in way more pain after swinging than Tiger did, and I feel like we just should make a note of that. Tiger was swinging really well this past week. And keep in mind, people, a few years ago, like, I would lose my breath when he stepped up to the tee because I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, like, it it was so nerve-wracking. Like, I literally would not watch. I'd be like, please don't hurt yourself. Please don't hurt yourself. Please don't hurt yourself. And then I, I don't think I watched a tiger swing for, like, a while because of that. So just have to say the guy is swinging well. Uh, Jack, I love Jack Nicholas. He is such a curmudgeon. That guy is I mean, his nickname being the Golden Bear really did carry over well into his age now because he literally looks like a human teddy bear. Like, I just want to <laughs> hug the guy. <laughs> literally. Like, I see him and I get, like, the warm, fuzzy feelings. I loved his input on the broadcast. I, I it's think always that, great. Oh, my gosh. It's just, like, he's so witty. I know he's always been witty, but to see how sharp his mind is right now is, is amazing. And he's just so – everything that he has to say is, is just so important. Like, you want to hear what he has to say. And he really had a lot of good things to say. I was shocked to hear that he and, he and Barbara had – so what do I say? They had COVID-19? Correct. That Nailed correct? it. Correct. So I, I was a little surprised to see that. I mean, that's great. I'm so happy and, and glad that they recovered um, um, fully. That's amazing. And good on him for not releasing that pre-tournament because, you know, people aren't that educated and a lot of people probably would have freaked out. Mm, um, call, but yeah. yeah, well wishes to them. And I'm, I'm glad that they recovered. That's awesome. And then John Rahm ascending to number one in the world, the second Spaniard to do that. Uh, Rahm, you know, was kind of sputtering in this beginning of the restart. And then all of a sudden he clicked last Sunday and fired off over six strokes gained T2 green, carries that into the memorial and really just watched the entire field collapse around him. And look, this guy is going to win a major championship at some point. I could see him doing it at a U.S. Open, big ballpark, maybe a PGA championship. But here we are, the volatility of the game, Bridget, and we have a new number one. Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, he's young. He's he's fiery. Uh, I'm glad that even though due to that little rules snafu, he mm. still was able to get it done. Man, you and I were texting back and forth about that. Um, it was pretty cool. I mean, there were there were a lot of things that had to come into play. I think Rory had to finish outside of the top 30, and I think he finished 30, T32. So, Things really fell into place for Rom, and yeah, the new world number one. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. He's done it in a short amount of time, and uh, Phil Mickelson, I guess, knew that this was coming. So you got a lot of those uh, aff- uh, affirming tweets yeah. <laughs> from good old Phil. <laughs> Get all those uh, drafted up ahead of time. Yeah. You know, talking about uh, the winning handshake fist bump at the end it wasn't a handshake though it wasn't and I feel like Mr. Nicholas went in for the the bump first so you're right yeah so I don't know there you go 
all that hubbub for nothing, folks. So nothing. there you go. All right, so we're going to talk about where Tiger may play next. But first, what's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated you never use it. That's exactly the type of system SimpliSafe has spent a decade fighting against. SimpliSafe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24-7. And if you watch Dateline as much as I do, you want to protect your home, folks. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Head to simplisafe.com slash team and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplisafe.com slash team. It feels good to fear less. And yes, I watched Dateline last night, Bridget, so that was kind of stuck in my head there, but I kind of weaved it in nicely. So uh, let's talk about Tiger Woods in the near future. Says we will see him again soon. You know... I have to say, Bridget, I think there is this reality TV producer side of Tiger that likes to build up the suspense to that Friday 5 o'clock deadline, whether he's going to commit or not. Do you kind of feel that way? Because I feel like he does feel that way a little bit about the whole uh, building the suspense. And hey, why not? Have some fun with the media, right? Uh, He commits about as late to the party as you can (laughs) and still get into the party. Let's put it that way. The man is, uh, he's known for waiting as long as possible to commit to golf tournaments. And I'm all for it. You do you, Tiger. But if you're going to get more reps in, we know where we're going to see you. <laughs> so do you think he commits to the FedEx St. Jude Invitational? Straight question. I mean, he said he needs more reps. <laughs> I, but so does that I don't mean know. medalist? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless he's, unless he's going to walk the course I don't, I don't know. I like, it has to be right. Like it. Well, it's not this week. We know that. No, it's not, it's not this week. So he has to, it's not the former. So he has to commit to the latter. I mean, he must give an answer by Friday. He's won WGC tournament for, you know, a record eight times. Yep. Uh, I mean, but all those titles came at Firestone. But anyway, right. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. New venue now, TBC yeah. Southwind. <laughs> I mean, he's never played. Um, I don't think he's ever played competitively at TPC South. I don't think so either. Because uh, it, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It used to be the FedEx St. Jude Classic, which used to be, I think, the week before or after a major. Nobody showed up. And so Tiger right. would have never played. Yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, he admitted to struggling with his putter. <laughs> I don't know. This is such a hard thing. Like it's, it's so hard. I, he is like decoding. I, I don't know how to decode the man. Like (laughs) we're the experts. Yeah. I mean, we agree. He should, he should play in Memphis. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but like you said, it would mean consecutive weekends for, for him. So I don't know. Well, here's the thing guaranteed four rounds, because from what I understand, this is a no cut event. So you're going to see him in red on Sunday if he commits. And, you know, there won't be a loss of confidence, so to speak, if he would miss a cut the week before. Obviously, that's not going to happen because you can't at this tournament. So there's that. Uh, You know, I'm trying to think of other reasons other than just getting something in 
other than those four rounds at the Memorial ahead of the PGA Championship. I mean, it's going to be a last-minute decision. There's no doubt about it. We'll probably hear the news either Thursday night or Friday morning or something like that. Uh, But if you're Tiger, mentally, you're probably thinking you need to get those PGA Tour competitive reps. And I'm thinking back to what I understand is maybe last year he randomly – played in the Valspar Championship at Innisbrook, something that he never played at before. And he just wanted to play because he felt like he needed to get the reps. So this is a very bizarre year, Bridget, in 2020. Bizarre things can happen. That includes Tiger playing the week before a major championship. I mean, and he said himself, he's had to try to maximize every tournament start. Um, So (laughs) he's, I don't (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say he commits. I think he does. I really like, it's hard to look at previous years in his career because he loathes that double, you know, double up. Like he rarely does that. And last year he did do it early on in the season, but that was like a rarity, but he hasn't played much, you know, like he he, just think about it for five months. He hasn't played competitively. So like you're going to play Memorial yeah, thank God he made the cut. I mean, had he not made the cut, it would be undoubted that he would have to play another tournament, right? Like, I feel like making the cut maybe puts a little asterisk on it because he is used to taking breaks. But I don't know. I feel like you can't build that love, that like tour level of competition at home. Like, I think you need to get out and play a few tournaments just because like that gets you accustomed to the whole rigmarole that a tournament sort of, involves and and yeah the undertaking that you sort of have to get into the groove of like keep in mind these guys also do like quick quote interviews they also have like other obligations now you have all this testing minutiae um and and different standards and protocols which is just so uncomfortable and weird that I think maybe just getting a little more acclimated to the weirdness that sort of encompasses that tour bubble, I think is, is good. But again, his body is such a factor. And like you said, he will be playing the weekend, you know, regard, I mean, unless he withdraws, but right. You know, like he will be playing. So that's definitely a huge factor, but then like you said, would a tournament where the possibility of missing the cut then be any better because then you're sort of mentally stunted if you miss the cut the week before a major. So I don't really know. It's a double-edged sword. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Uh, but I think just from a sheer process standpoint, Bridget, I'm not even talking about golf from a process standpoint of interviews, of testing, of protocols. It's just a good thing to do. Uh, more so now than ever before. If it, this was last year and there was no COVID-19 to deal with or anything like that, hey, maybe take the week off, fine. But let's go through the process again and not just Memorial. Let's do it again at FedEx St. Jude and then get really ready for TPC Harding Park. The guy does an interview with Golf Digest slash Golf TV every day too. So there's that. And then there's the obligation with the broader media. So there's a lot more that goes into it. He's got to get used to the living conditions, blah, blah, blah. So many factors at play for Tiger Woods. We're going to go ahead and say he probably commits, but we shall see if he commits. I think it'll be a great thing, and uh, it should be a fun tournament as it always is. 
Let's talk about the 3M Open in Minnesota. TPC Twin Cities, Matthew Wolf will be defending his title. DJ is in the field, Brooksy as well, which is kind of a surprise because of the whole knee thing. Tony Finau, Paul Casey, <laughs> a great Englishman, great guy. Uh, what do you think about this tournament this week, Bridget? Actually, let me just say that obviously Bryson missed the cut last week and Hovland finished T48, not what I wanted. So I am still ahead, 581 thousand dollars roughly to your four hundred and thirty nine thousand dollars so you have some catching up to do <laughs> i like how you just dropped the knee thing <laughs> with brooks <laughs> you know the thing we don't really know what's going on there but like he's living with something <laughs> like there's something the guy is so he talked about it <laughs> no he for sure did and there's for sure something wrong i just and, and yeah, he definitely, he talked about it. it he's just like, does he feel pain? <laughs> I or is say he just that, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I love Brooks Kepka. He is so intriguing to me. I think he's way smarter than the media and the overarching public opinion gives him credit for. Did I buy um, into anyway. a... Did I buy into a Brooks Kepka made up storyline? I think I just did. No, I, no, I do think <laughs> there's something wrong there. And oh, he mentioned he got an MRI this past Monday. There's something wrong. I, I just don't, I am not really learned on what's going on there. I haven't done a deep dive. I literally just heard it in passing and I read some Twitter comments and I saw, you know, obviously some grimaces or whatever you want to call them. But mm -hmm. yeah, no, there's a knee thing going on. And I think he's living with it and he's working with it. I mean, and Tiger's working with his back thing. So people have things out there, everyone. Tor we pros, all have things. Just yep. like us. Yeah. Um, all right. 3M open. I have to do this. Minnesota. <laughs> Okay. Nice. My system. Um, what did you ask me about this? I'm like, now I'm on the knee thing. I don't even remember. Overall thoughts, and obviously you have your prediction. Okay, so yeah, I mean, prediction, sure. I, I picked Bryson last week, and we saw how that went. So 3M should be playing much softer than, uh, than the drought that we experienced last week. Um, the, the winning score last year by Matthew young the young Matthew Wolf was minus 21 so it's gonna be a birdie fest um do you want me to release my pick should I, should I release the Kraken right now go ahead why not okay so I'm going with Tony Finau and the only thing I'm worried about with him is his putting but he's been on a birdie machine lately so we'll see all um the four par fives they're all under 600 yards so likely reachable although He's not that good at par five, so I don't even know why I really am focused on that, but I am. He hits it far. That's why. I don't know. It's not always straight because it's far relative right. to the field. Um, he's been – I don't know. I have this weird love-hate relationship with Tony Finau. Sometimes I think he's never going to win again, and then sometimes I think he's just going to go on, like, a rampage and just start winning like crazy like Justin Thomas did. So – I don't know, but I need to ask you something. Did you hear he broke 60 in Utah in a practice round at his home course? I did hear that. It was like Recently, July 10th-ish. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so it was at Victory Ranch. That's his, his own course, and he broke his own course record. He was 14 under through 16, and here's my problem with Tony Finau. He was 14 under through 16, and he bogeyed 17. Oh, he Tony. He just kind of stinks at 
closing holes. And that's like, I don't know, maybe that's why he doesn't win more. But I'm all in on Tony. He really was catching my eye at Memorial. He's wearing these flat Nikes, which are so weird. His feet are so large. And I just feel like, I don't know how those shoes give him the support that they can, the way he swings, but he's, it's working for him and he's got something going. I don't know what it is, but I'm going Tony Finau. Well, I assume you liked what you saw from him last week, finishing inside the top five and, you know, I mean, besides the, the, I mean, the weekend, but Memorial played so tough, it was, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. Everybody struggled except Rom on that weekend anyway. No. Or that what Sunday. was he doing? Yeah, Rom wasn't playing the course. I don't no. know what he was playing. He was in his own little world there. I like Tony a lot. I hope he wins a lot more than uh, what people think he's going to win. I thought you were going to say than Bryson. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I would like that too, honestly. But yeah, powerful swing. Uh, Big feet usually means powerful swing, at least sometimes, because you can use the ground as leverage and uh, really fire off. That's what Rory does, too. You always see that little hop in his uh, swing. That's him actually just kind of pressing off the ground there, and that's how he gets his power. Uh, So good pick. Not bad. I have to, like, dig deep here because let me tell you, folks, this is going to be one of those Sundays when you look at the leaderboard and you go, who the hell are they? (laughs) guarantee you dj may finish t40 my boy paul casey maybe t15 you know the favorites really aren't going to be there and the likes of maybe a harris english will be atop the leaderboard or love me some harris english somebody like that or maybe a doc redmond and this is a guy i've had on my radar for the last few weeks because he has been an absolute approach game monster and despite missing the cut last week at the memorial his irons were still fantastic. His short game was awful, which is fine because this is a totally different setup. And TPC Twin Cities really doesn't call for a great short game like Memorial and Muirfield Village did. So I think Doc is going to ride those irons into victory on Sunday afternoon, at the very least finish inside the top 15. And for that number out there in terms of the odds, I think that's pretty good value. So give me Doc. Coming back into the office, he wins. I like it. I feel like when you say, or when you talk about Jack Redman, you have to say the young. You just got to. The kid is a kid. Do, do like you want to guess how old Doc Redman is? Because oh, uh, he definitely is wise beyond his years. 23. Oh, you're close. He's 22. But he will be 23 at the end of December. That's officially four years younger than me. Man, that's a tough one to swallow. He's a young guy. And I feel like a lot of people sort of consider him like in the 25, 26 age range. He just, it feels like he's been out there forever. But I guess not. I don't know. Well, he's on the up and up and uh, he's playing really well so far. I am looking at the glove as well. Lucas Glover, the 2009 (laughs) U.S. Open champion. He's playing very well. So we'll see. Well, if you get a second pick, I'm going to go with Wyndham Clark. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. The young Wyndham. I mean, he's not as young as Doc Redman. But yeah, I really, I, I don't know. So I've kind of been intrigued by him lately. Um, I, I've sort of taken to following him a little more closely um, on social media. So I may be a little more skewed to following him like personally than how he's sort of presenting in tournaments and tournament play, but he could do some things this week. So he one could more, play. 
one more name I'm going to say, and it's going to kill me, but I could totally see him winning on Sunday afternoon. How about Bubba Watson, the most random golfer out there who just will miss five straight cuts and then win. And I could see this being a Bubba track. Just spray it, spray it, hit par fives in two, make eagles and birdies, and beat out Doc the Glove in English for a championship. Why not? That sounds like a comic book. (laughs) (laughs) Doc the Glove in English. Um, Speaking of Bubba Watson, some some outlets were comparing uh, John Rahm as the, they were quoting him as the European Bubba Watson. All right, I'm trying to piece that together. Yeah, it was very, it was very confusing, but I saw it a couple times. So I was like, okay, it's just the, the, by like the tournaments he has won, it's sort Uh, of like he's a horse for a course type thing. Yeah, that's definitely a Bubba thing. Travelers. uh, Right. Augusta. <laughs> Augusta, obviously, yeah. And then John Rom. I'm sure he has his fair share of horses too, but I mean, if you were gonna be a horse for a course, Augusta, <laughs> like it's not a bad one. Yeah, I mean remember on Hill Cabrera for like a string yeah. of five years was always contending there? Absolutely, oh. for sure. I mean, it's just like it's the most it's so that is the most interesting thing for me because all the other majors obviously have a a rota rotation and the masters is back in Augusta every year it's sort of like come on you all could be a horse for that course like Right. right like I mean obviously I know the pin placement and the course plays differently every year I'm not naive but I'm just saying maybe we could all be horses for courses at Augusta Freddie Couples, Bernhard Longer for many years, obviously. Langer, like Hanger. Exactly. Oh, is it Langer? Langer, say like Longer. Hanger. I know, it's wrong. Wow, interesting. All right. <laughs> so you learned about coronavirus and COVID-19, yes. and I learned about I was Langer. just going to say, we are teachers. Look at this. Learning. <laughs> We're all learning, folks. Uh, okay. So the 3M Open this week, FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Next week, hopefully, we're talking about Tiger Woods at that point. And this has been episode 48 of the Tiger Woods podcast for Bridget Whalen. My name is Cam Rogers. We thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.